Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Benchwarmer QB with Terry Johnson as your host. It's another excellent day in Sydney, Australia. It's uh, Yesterday it was really hot, and uh, today it's, it's still pretty hot, a little bit more, more over, overcast. And uh, in the next few days, it's supposed to get a lot cooler, like down to the uh, like low 20s in Celsius or around like the 70s for uh, Fahrenheit people. Yet still another excellent day. Well, here we are another episode. So thank you so much for listening, subscribing. Please share with your friends, family, people, people you like, people you don't like, just anyone. would be uh, greatly appreciated. And today's episode is going to be the same as last week. It's going to be the 3-2-1 format of three good quarterback performances, two bad ones, and something interesting that came up. And um, yeah, so might as well get started. The first quarterback I want to talk about is someone who he had a really bad week one against the New York Jets. It was a disaster. Like Aaron Rodgers for the New York Jets got hurt immediately. And it seems like the Bills should just win the game now because Zach Wilson's playing. It's like, oh, like the I mean the Jets are just in shock. And Josh Allen just kept turning the ball over. He turned the ball over three or four times. It was a mess and the Bills ended up losing. And that was a rough that was a rough game for the Bills, especially the offseason drama where Stephon Diggs in the postseason game loss against the Bengals. He was seen like putting his hands up in the air in frustration uh, at Josh Allen. And then there's some training camp drama with Stephon Diggs again. And that the team said uh, the head coach first said it was a big deal. And then he said the next day, like, oh, why is everyone making a big deal of it? Well, because you said it was a big deal. I mean, come on, Sean McDermott. You're a good coach, but you can't fool people like that. It's a bit not a great way to handle it. It just didn't look good. And then the Jets week one wasn't good. But then ever since then, Josh Allen has been on a roll. So Josh Allen today, they went up against the Miami Dolphins. And mind you, Miami Dolphins just scored 70 points on the Denver Broncos. So they, uh, and at the time, through three weeks, the uh, Miami Dolphins were averaging 43 points a game, which is utterly just absurd. So, I mean, the... Uh, the, the Bills had their work cut out for them. Like, okay, the Dolphins look like really good contenders. It's just a track meet between their awesome wide receivers and their running backs and everything. Uh, so it's like, okay, can the Bills keep up? And they did more than keep up. The Bills won 48-20. to 20. <laughs> And Josh Allen was a big reason to that because Josh Allen went 21 for 25, 320 yards and four touchdowns, including and... Also, a rushing touchdown, too. He's just, Josh Allen's been on a roll. So, ever since the disastrous week one loss to the Jets, Josh Allen's had eight touchdowns, one interception. Like he's just been a man on a mission. He's been slinging the ball, just making great plays, accurate. He's also been playing under control, which is a great thing to see. Uh, so, this game, to start the game, he was, from the opening drive, he's slinging the ball all over the field. He had great throws to Diggs, and he threw, a, I think, a touchdown to Gabe Davis later on in the drive. And just really awesome plays. And uh, so he's always been a player that he has elite athleticism. He can run fast. He's huge. He can throw the ball wherever he wants. And just he just outstanding talent. And there's always been a concern that how hard he plays will 
Like he, he's just taking hit after hit. That I mean, we've seen uh, Cam Newton. He just took one too many hits, and by the time he was around 30, 31, 32, he just couldn't play anymore. He was washed, more than washed. He's cooked. Uh, so there's concern that you know Josh Allen has all this talent, but how long can he sustain it? Especially this play just being rough and tumble. And I mean, Josh Allen started to make more smart plays, uh, like. I there's one play in particular I can't remember exactly when, but he was when he was like scrambling around the backfield. I mean, naturally I would think, okay, he's just gonna take off and run, but he was keeping his head up and kept looking downfield, like, okay, can I make a play? Can I make a play? And then he just makes a play. And uh, he has a rare uh, trait where he has elite arm power, and people with I, I think uh, Colin Coward likes making the point that people with talent like to show their talent. So a singer will sing, and a runner will run fast, and someone who can throw the ball super hard and super far will throw the ball hard and super far. But Josh Allen can, of course. But he also has touch on his throws. He's able to make a pretty rainbow throw, and also the elite power throw over the middle, just depending on when it's needed. And it's not easy to say, like, someone like Colin Kaepernick, yeah, he had a very strong arm, but he just... He had no touch. It was touch is very hard for him. Even Trey Lance is very hard. Just doesn't have touch. Uh, but with touch and power, just make any throw in the book, make it look easy, make it look efficient. And uh, like with like he is still running the ball when needed, as in he has rushing touchdown today. But he's less reliant on the run, and the team is less reliant on his running which means that he'll be able to be healthier because even at the end of last year, he had like an elbow issue that maybe impacted his play a bit. But I mean, as long as Josh Allen's is not running as much, only running when needed and like sliding. So trying to jump through like three defenders to just get an extra yard. Uh, if he's less, he's running the less likely he'll be at hurt. And that will definitely help prolong his career and help the Bills sustain uh, success through the throughout the seasons, and also including each season. And hopefully, by the time they're in the playoffs, which I mean they're they should be in the playoffs, right? That he will be healthy and ready to go and face off against Mahomes maybe at some point, Burrow maybe not Burrow this year because ooh those Bengals right. But Josh Allen will be able to compete for a Super Bowl, maybe win MVP, and uh, be fulfill his destiny as an elite quarterback, and actually now the uh, Madden twenty Madden twenty four cover athlete. Now from Josh Allen talking about a quarterback who going through the season I wasn't very high on. I felt there was a good chance he'll get benched halfway through the year for Kyle Trask. Uh, Kyle Trask is someone that the Buccaneers drafted in second round a few years ago to be potentially the franchise quarterback after Tom Brady left. And But Baker Mayfield this year, he's been playing really well. He uh, The Buccaneers are now 3-1 after a 26-9 win over the Saints. And Baker Mayfield, he went 25 for 32, 246 yards, three touchdowns, and only one interception in the win. Uh, so Baker Mayfield, he went number one overall a few years ago, as I've said, to the Browns, and he had some success. He led the Browns to the playoffs, into the divisional round where he almost beat the Chiefs when uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt halfway through the game. Uh, but then he got hurt. He didn't play as well. The Browns made the ridiculous move to give a ton, 
all the money in the world to uh, to Deshaun Watson. And Baker Mayfield went to the Panthers, and that was a disaster. Then he went to the Rams and had a few good moments, including being the Raiders after being on this, being in L.A. for only like 48 hours at least, maybe less, and then demolishing the Broncos on uh, Christmas Day. Uh, so Baker Mayfield went to the Buccaneers to have a chance to start again, and it was his last chance to really – it's his last chance to start, and he's making the most of it. Uh, like from the beginning of the Saints game, he's making a number of accurate throws down the sidelines, about 10 to 15 yards down the sideline, and displaying like Baker Mayfield's not a big guy, he's like six foot, six one, but he has, I would say, he doesn't have, would, he does not have an elite arm, but he has a very, very good arm. Like, it's a, I would say, it's a tear down from the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Justin Herbert, it's it's pretty solid. It's a very good arm, uh, and like uh, while making some accurate throws down the sidelines, he's also distributing the ball very well. He's throwing it to a number of different wide receivers. He was uh, making plays. He was like reading the field well. He was also he's not a very athletic quarterback, but. He can move a tiny bit. I mean, some th- his criticism is that he thinks he's more athletic than he is. But he's athletic enough to make some short runs and extend plays, which he did. Uh, like, he made a play where he uh, was... Uh, <laughs> I, I described the pump fake, I think, uh, last week, where it's a quarterback who like looks at, he makes the throwing motion to throw the ball, but then doesn't let go of the ball. And he had a great pump fake to one side of the field. And then reevaluated, looked at everything, then threw to the other side of the field, which was an excellent move. Uh, his one interception, it came, it was a bit greedy. He was going for the end zone, and the wide receiver was clearly covered by like, at least one or two Saints defenders. But, I mean, you're going to get that with him. He's a little bit of a gunslinger, um, and occasionally he's going to want to make a throw that he should not make. Even if, say, he does make up for it sometimes by making a like threading the needle to a to a wide receiver who's not open. But for the interception, the player just wasn't open. <laughs> uh, and I felt his best highlight might have been his uh, game stealing touchdown late in the fourth quarter, where he uh, like initially he didn't see what he wanted to see as far as like the wide receivers being open. So he bought a little bit of time, then threw a pass to an open receiver and. Uh, yeah, that was the game. Uh, I mean, the Buccaneers now are three and one, and they just beat their divisional rivals, the Saints. And the Saints are—I mean, I'll talk about the Saints in a little bit later today. No spoilers, but I guess it is a spoiler. Anyways, uh, but the Buccaneers—this people wrote them off because Tom Brady left, and they went eight and nine with Tom Brady last year. But they still have some talent. I mean, they have Mike Evans. They have. Uh, no, they have, uh, I, I can't even think of their names right now. They have talent on the offense and defense. And I don't think Todd Bowles is some total scrub to the head coach because he did lead the Jets to 10 and 6 with Ryan Fitzpatrick as quarterback a few years ago. So I do have some faith in Todd Bowles, more than most, I would say. Uh, so the Buccaneers, the 3 and 1, and who knows, in a lousy division because the, uh, I mean, the Saints are, uh, who knows, with Derek Carr and Dennis Allen. 
Uh, the Panthers don't look any good. And uh, Arthur Smith and the Falcons, like they have a good running game and offensive weapons. But as long as you have Desmond Ritter at quarterback, I don't think you can win many games. Uh, so Baker Mayfield, hats off to him. He's looking great. And maybe the Buccaneers can make some noise. So typically for the three good uh, for the three good performances, I talk about quarterbacks who are in winning efforts. But this quarterback, I've just and the media's been slamming all over him. Just he's been so bad, he's gonna lose his job, they're gonna draft another quarterback. That I want to give him credit for where credit is due, uh, even though he didn't win the game. <laughs> and that is Justin Fields. The Bears lost to the Broncos after giving up a twenty one point lead, which is partially Justin Fields' fault. Uh, in a 31 to 20, 28 point, 31 points to 28 points loss to the Broncos, the Bears lost. And uh, Justin Fields, he had a great statistical day. He was 28 for 35, 335 yards, four touchdowns and one interception. I think he might have completed his first 16 passes of the game. That beat a, uh, beat a Bears franchise record, which is pretty good. And like, his stats, and he looked... This, between his stats and watching him play, Justin Fields was playing very well. He uh, he was getting plenty of time to throw the ball, which is key. Because, as I said a number of weeks ago, when a quarterback doesn't have time to throw the ball, when the defense is all up in their face and rushing them to throw, they're more likely to make mistakes. But when Justin Fields, especially Justin Fields, is comfortable in the pocket, he's not getting defenders are all, not all up in his face in every play, he has more time to throw. He's able to look at the defense better, process, and make an effective throw. And he looked very comfortable throwing the ball down the field today. He was, I mean, it felt like a lot of his throws were just way down the field and looking great. And he's also making throws on the run. And the advantage of throwing on the run is for an athletic quarterback is that it almost becomes a little bit of playground of, okay, you run to one side and it simplifies the read. So instead of going through your progressions of, okay, there's four or five receivers you need to look at, you just run to one side of the field and it's like, okay, there's a receiver way down the field and there's a receiver closer to me. And if one of them is open, throw it to them. But if one of them isn't open, just you're an, you're an athlete. Just try to run up the field for a game. And he was making great plays. He had a great touchdown where he was running through the sideline. Like this is a play that Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen have been doing where a quarterback runs to the sideline and then the defender's like closing in on them and the quarterback has the option to either just step out of bounds, throw the ball away, or throw the ball to a receiver. And Justin Fields did the latter. He was running out of bounds and at the last moment, he threw the ball into the end zone. It was a touchdown. Uh, and also, Justin Fields has a very strong arm. Um, I'd say it's, I'd probably say it's equivalent to like Baker Mayfield's arm. And uh, the advantage of having a power throw is that when you throw the ball deep downfield in a bullet to a receiver, when the defender's closing, it, closing in on them, the ball will make it to the receiver first. Where if, say, someone like Mac Jones tries to make the same throw, that ball's getting intercepted because the ball isn't moving as fast because Mac Jones doesn't have as strong arm. So there is, even though people say throwing power is a bit overrated, it's a bit necessary when it just gets you out of a jam if you, say, make a bad read, but you still get the ball to the receiver before the defender. All is forgiven. All is good. Uh, at the end of the game, uh, like it was tied 28-28, and then uh, Broncos scored, and so it was 31-28. 
And Justin Fields, he just threw a late interception that sealed the loss. Uh, they can't blame the loss entirely on him at all. Uh, it was rough how it finished after such a great start. I mean, they were up by 21 points. It looks like, I mean, the Bears are finally going to win a game against the winless Broncos. But then the script flipped, and the Broncos come away come away with the win, and uh, the and then the Bears lose. And the interesting part for the Bears is that they have the number one overall pick right now, uh, but then they also have the number two overall pick because they have the Panthers pick, and the Panthers are also uh, the opposite of undefeated. They've lost every game; they're winless. And well, if the Bears decide to move off of uh, Justin Fields, they have a great chance to draft Caleb Williams at number one and then the great wide receiver at Ohio State, I think Marvin Harrison Jr., I believe, uh, who's just lighting it up at Ohio State. And uh, we'll draft him those two players and then maybe gain another head coach who's on the offensive side of the ball to help with the development of Caleb Williams would definitely help. And the Bears could have the opportunity to, opportunity to jumpstart, re-jumpstart their uh, reset, their franchise. But today, Justin Fields looked like he was the quarterback that the Bears expected this whole time. But they still couldn't win the game, which is too bad. But he played well. He played very well. So it was a great performance. Now I'm on to the two uh, quarterback performances that left a lot to be desired. And this quarterback really had no room for error. He, uh, he is McCorkle Jones, Mac Jones for the New England Patriots, who just lost to the Cowboys in Dallas, 38-2-3. <laughs> uh, Mac Jones, he went 12-21, 150 yards, uh, lost a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. And two interceptions, and one interception was returned for a touchdown. Uh, after then, eventually being benched. Like, Mac Jones, he uh, his rookie year coming out of Alabama, where he won national championship as a starter he, during the COVID year. He had a pretty good rookie year, and then there was the wind game, which I mentioned, where the Patriots only threw the ball like three times. And ever since then, Mac Jones has not been the same. Uh, last year, the offense was a disaster. A large part of it was due to uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running the offense. And Matt Patricia was the defensive coordinator for Bill Belichick in the past before coming back. And Joe Judge was a special teams coordinator for Bill Belichick before coming back. Or Joe Judge, Joe Judge was at least a special teams coach. And uh, despite, yeah, I mean, gained the benefit of the doubt, it was just a rough go for Mac Jones for his coaching. He, the reputation became that he was just, he went, he sought outside help, which is a big no no. And he came across as just, I mean, he was like very frustrated, temperamental. And the coaches just didn't like it. They were trying to put up with it, but it was almost pretty immature. And also, Mac Jones has had plays on the field where he uh, gatorled, I think his rookie year, he like gatorled a uh, Panthers player. So he like grabbed his ankle, then like flipped over, and like which is very dangerous for someone's leg. And then a few weeks ago against uh, the Jets, he uh, he hit someone's uh, private parts. So I'll keep it like that. It was just on a like 
after the play was done, it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, you're the quarterback. Don't antagonize the defense. Like, they're going, that's not good. I mean, that just gives them more reason to, to I guess, just hit you harder. <laughs> like, anyone, any player. And uh, so, Mac Jones is here. He's had, he hasn't played super well. Like, his stats are a little bit better than last year, but still not enough. And then this game was an absolute disaster. So, in this game, he had a nice big completion on the opening drive to Douglas, where after rolling out a bit, and was, they set up the only points scored in the game for the New England Patriots. Uh, he had Later on, he had a few good throws over the middle, but then the uh, Patriots failed on fourth down, so they lost the ball. And then that's when the everything started coming apart. Uh, Mac Jones was getting chased from behind near his own goal line, and uh, he should have the awareness because he's not an athletic guy at all. Like he ran like a decent forty, but people train for the forty-yard dash for in the draft. It's I mean it's not realistic in real game speed. So Mac Jones got caught from behind. He got in the ball fumbled, and it was returned for a touchdown. And then he started throwing a few passes that were dangerous. He had a near interception. And then the interesting thing was uh, he had he made a play where he was running to his uh, to his right, and then he threw the ball left across the field to number eighty four. I can't think of the guy's name, but it was eighty four. I remember. And that's a big no no because that's easy. That's a lot of time, like throwing it uh, diagonally down the field, that it could get. Uh, intercepted like that uh defender could just run up to it and catch the ball and run the other way and uh so mac jones on that play got away with it but then later on i think in the same draft in the same draft in the same drive he did the same exact thing again he started moving to his right and threw it across his body across the field to his left but this time the two number 84 but this time the defender caught up on it quickly and it was a pick six so it was a like careless mistake that he got away with the first time, but then the second time he didn't get away with it. <laughs> and uh, like then he almost threw the ball to. Uh, then he threw the he, he threw another bad pass that when the defender was right in front of his face near the sideline and it was nearly intercepted, like it should have been intercepted. And then later on he throws another interception. He's later on bench in the game for Bailey Zappi, who he was. Kind of bench for last year. Bill Belichick, after the game, said, oh, no, Mac Jones was the bench because of performance. Like, come on. Like, he, yes, he was. Uh, like, Mac Jones, it's it's not going well. I mean, Mac Jones is rumored to go number three overall to 49ers in the, uh, what was it, the 2020 draft, which would have been a complete, uh, or 2021 draft, uh, the draft with Trevor Lawrence, which would have been a complete disaster. Because uh, Mac Jones isn't super talented. Like, yeah, Trey Lance didn't work out for the 49ers, but at least Trey Lance is a lot more talented than Mac Jones. And Mac Jones, for him to succeed, he needs to play perfect, smart football. And right now, he's not playing smart football. So he doesn't have a bunch of talent to rely on to like help him scramble and buy time, like even a Justin Fields. So Mac Jones, especially, I mean, between his play and maybe his mature, immature attitude... I don't think he's long for the New England Patriots, or at least as the starter. It's uh, it's not looking great for the Patriots, which is too bad. Now on to the second bad performance I want to highlight is uh, Derek Carr for the uh, New Orleans Saints. Uh, Derek Carr, he was the franchise quarterback for at least a decade or so, nine to ten years with uh, the 
Oakland Raiders before becoming the Las Vegas Raiders. And uh, he had some very good seasons. He had seasons where he looked like he was maybe a fringe MVP guy. Like, I guess say fringe. And a pro bowler, multi-time pro bowler. And helped lead the, to the Raiders to the playoffs a few years ago during the John Gruden vest. And after the uh, the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels and Derek Carr had a down year last year, and it ended really weird where Derek Carr just basically just went home. I, I don't know if he was told to go home or asked to go home or something, but he was at home. He didn't finish out the season. It was bizarre. He was like healthy scratch. It was weird. So it was a foregone conclusion. Okay, the Raiders are going to uh, move off of uh, move off of Derek Carr, and they did. And Derek Carr went to the New Orleans Saints because they gave him a bunch of money. And uh, his old coach was there from the Raiders, uh, Dennis Allen, which I red flagged a little bit because Dennis Allen was so unsuccessful with the Raiders. Like, why would you go back to him? Like, like it, it, we've already tried this. Like, yeah, Derek Carr, you were young. But Dennis Allen is not a proven head coach at all. Like, it's just, I don't think it was a good fit. And, but the Saints have lots of... Uh, pieces to on the offense to help uh, them be competitive. Uh, they have Michael Thomas, who is coming back off in several years of injury. They have Chris Olave, who they drafted last year, who looked outstanding already. Denalva Kamara is still there, as well as Taysom Hill, if you still want to call him. I guess he's still a key piece on the offense because he's so dynamic. But this year, Derek Carr has not been playing well like at all he uh his passer rating is for this year is 80.1 like that's out of out of the 150 158.3 scale 0 to 158.3 and with most average pass rating being the mid 90s like 80.1 is pretty bad especially in 2023 with pieces to help you play well uh so i guess for this game they uh Derek Carr played opposite of Baker Mayfield in a uh, the Saints lost nine to uh, twenty six at home to the Buccaneers, and Derek Carr went twenty three for thirty seven, a hundred and a hundred and twenty seven yards. Like, like if you throw for over thirty times in a game, and you barely and you go a little bit over a hundred yards, that's pretty bad. He averaged three point four yards per attempt. No, well, and that was mainly because he kept throwing dump-off passes. And by dump-off pass, it means the quarterback just throws it to uh, like a running back or wide receiver just nearby to get a short gain. And, yeah, he was, I guess, getting some short. He was converting a few first downs that way. But to sustain long drives, you, can't, you need to throw the ball down the field a little bit more, especially to keep the defense honest. Uh, if the defense always expects you to throw it short, they're going to creep up on you. And to counteract that, you need to throw the ball deep, which he did a few times. But the deep throws were just way off target. He had to throw, like, it was, they were just either way off or uh, just nowhere near the uh, <laughs> nowhere near the wide receiver. Or it was just, like, it was to someone who's covered. Like, they're just bad throws. And it's almost inexplicable because Derek Carr is, I think he's early, mid-30s, like 33, 32, 33, 34. And he's playing poorly. I know he hurt his shoulder last game and he's still playing now. But you don't get credit for playing through injury if you perform badly, which I'm pretty sure I said about Joe Burrow. Uh, like Derek Carr, 
maybe he's on uh, on I think Nick Wright said it was washed watch like washed watch like is he like just not good anymore is is just like Russell Wilson just not the same at all anymore and the uh, Saints just well overpaid for a quarterback who's no good anymore like we don't know yet and I guess, I guess it's a side tangent I want to go on is like Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill was an athletic quarterback at a BYU who kept getting hurt. And uh, like he wants to be a quarterback, but he's also, he's so physically gifted as like a runner and everything. Cause he's built, he's big. He's not like super tall, but he's pretty thick, strong, and he's fast. So he can play, he plays a lot of special, he could play special teams, he could play wide receiver, he could play deep, uh, tight end. And he could play quarterback still sometimes. And Sean Payton, when he was a head coach, loved using Taysom Hill on uh, random uh, downs as a uh, option threat at quarterback. And uh, actually, Taysom Hill won some games for Sean Payton as, with the Saints. But, okay, that was a few years ago now. So why is Taysom Hill stay, still taking snaps at quarterback? Like, I love it. I like it. But from a consistency consistency standpoint, why have Taysom Hill out there? Like Taysom Hill, when uh, when uh, Drew Brees' arm was shot, like he can no longer throw the ball deep anymore. Taysom Hill has a strong arm; he can throw it deep. Our uh, Jameis Winston, uh, one of the backups, one of the backup quarterbacks on the Saints, can throw it deep. But Derek Carr has a pretty good arm. You don't need Taysom Hill out there. I mean, Derek Carr is kind of athletic. Like why why is Taysom Hill out there playing quarterback? It, it doesn't make much sense, but as a fan, and I like Taysom Hill, I like it. It's fun. But if I was a Saints fan, it might be driving me nuts. So I guess to recap, Derek Carr on the Saints, not going well, not great early returns because the team started off 2-0 and despite Derek Carr, and now the uh, the hens are coming back to roost. It's Now the Saints are 2-2. Two and -two. They don't have the lead in the division anymore. And because the Bucks are now three and one, which is, which is not great, not great. Now for the something interesting, I am uh, going to talk about someone who hasn't played this season yet because he's been hurt, and there's chance he may not play the season at all. And this is Kyler Murray for the Arizona Cardinals. So last year, Kyler Murray tore his ACL and ended his season, and the recovery is still progressing into this season. And uh, so there's something called the PUP list, which PUP stands for physically unable to perform. And the PUP list is for players who are injured like him, Kyler Murray, who just can't play right now. And after week four, there is a five-week window where teams could bring back uh, players who are on the PUP list. And now since it's uh, week four is over and going into week five, the Arizona Cardinals can bring back their quarterback, who they paid a bunch of money to uh, last offseason, who was in the Pro Bowl, and who early in seasons before he gets hurt is in the MVP talk because he's so athletic. And Kyler Murray, he has top-notch athleticism and like, physical traits besides the size. Like Kyler Murray's about 5'10", maybe around like 200 or so. But he could run like the wind. He's so fast. And he's got a great arm. Like he could just he look when he's fully healthy and he's running, he looks like he's moving twice the speed as everyone else. Like it's unbelievable. So even someone like uh, say Bryce Young is small. Like Kyler Murray's a bit 
tight, maybe an inch taller, but 20 pounds heavier and way better athlete and better arm and everything. So he could escape and uh, make plays. So about the pup list, uh, Kyler Murray's eligible to come back, but the Arizona Cardinals have said that they're, that he's not coming back yet. And uh, that's a sign that maybe they just want to move off of him. Um, because even though like the five-week window, which I talked about, they can still bring him back, and then they have three weeks to decide to activate him to the 53 roster. So in that three-week window, they don't want to bring him back. He doesn't – I mean, he just – be on the pup list forever and not play, I believe, to my understanding. But the Arizona Cardinals are just showing that maybe they just want to roll with Josh Dobbs this uh, this year. Because Josh Dobbs is playing really well. Uh, Josh Dobbs has a 99.4 passer rating, even though the, and the team is 1-3. But they're very competitive. Like, they're frisky. Like, they're fighting in games. Like, they beat the Cowboys a few weeks ago. And um, so it's just interesting because... What are the Arizona Cardinals trying to do? And it looks like a smart decision, maybe, that maybe Arizona fans, Cardinal fans don't want to hear. Maybe they're just trying to, I don't want to say tank the season, but better position themselves in the draft to potentially get another franchise quarterback. And one way to do that is to have Josh Dobbs continue to play. Because, yes, Josh Dobbs is playing well. But Kyler Murray on the field would lead to more wins than Josh Dobbs, I believe, firmly. Even though Josh Dobbs is playing well, Kyler Murray's a much better quarterback and would lead to more wins. And if you lead to more wins, that worsens your draft positioning, which isn't great. So if the Arizona Cardinals decide to keep uh, Kyler Murray on the pup list for the entire year, because after this five-week window, Kyler Murray cannot come back. It's His season's over. And with that, uh, the silver lining is Kyler Murray doesn't play. He will be healthy moving into next year, and they can use him as a uh, trading piece to uh, move up in the draft or get maybe another first or second round pick. And uh, with a uh, with less wins in the win column and a healthy Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals can make some can make some noise in the uh, draft next year, and maybe. Maybe they'll be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Uh, it's, it's a bit hard to say because the Bears are pretty in firm control right now. But like maybe uh, Drake May, Deion Sanders' kid, who's like lighting it up, lighting it up. Uh, I think the Washington quarterback, uh, Michael Penix Jr., who's playing phenomenal. Uh, like there's lots. It's a, it looks like it'll be an amazing quarterback draft. In the Cardinals, if Kyler Murray does not come back off the pup list this year, in the next few weeks, it will look like the Arizona Cardinals are trying to best position themselves for their future in potentially and most likely drafting another franchise quarterback, which for the long term, it may be a smart idea. Anyways, thank you so much for listening today. I'm uh, This is just a passion project of mine. It's I'm just happy to speak to someone. I could speak to the fans, speak to the internet, speak to the universe about my thoughts about NFL quarterbacks and just about the NFL in general, or anything that comes to my mind. Um, please share, subscribe, listen on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I will have a, another episode later this, later this week. Uh, enjoy the week, and uh, have some fun out there.